welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And you know, we get, and I've told you this before in other episodes, yes. uh, hundreds, probably by now, thousands of emails. Oh, stop. Maybe even millions. So we got <laughs> we, one, and this one is... Uh, we got one. Unco- <laughs> no. This one's a little uncomfortable for oh. me to read because it's directed to me. Oh, oh, geez, uh, sorry. It's from a man named Albert in Sitka, Alaska, a long way off. And dear Mr. Galvin, I'm a longtime <laughs> listener, but a first-time emailer. <laughs> I just listened to that episode where you told an elaborate but ultimately made-up tale about your seeing a strange Bigfoot-like creature while camping in the forest one night alone. Do you remember that episode? I remember that episode. And it says, you spun the story well enough to fool Maria and Jerry and certainly kind of scare them. (laughs) Look. Anyone, if they try hard enough, can can tell a convincing lie. What I'm troubled by is your morality. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know you defended yourself by saying the pressures, and this is true, of executive producing a national podcast sometimes <laughs> causes you to make up emails and other material. To me, <laughs> it does. I would never have thought that. <laughs> I read this to my wife today. <laughs> she says, You've made up an email and then reference me? made up Your emails email. inside the email. <laughs> That is shameless. Oh, anyway, yeah. I digress. But what did this person from Alaska <laughs> <I> digress. say? <laughs> uh, so it causes you to make up emails and other material. To me, that's no excuse. I speak for many listeners when I ask you to look Jerry and Maria in their eyes and say, I'm sorry. I am oh. sorry for doing that. Do it, Gene, or you'll lose me as a listener. Albert from Sitka, Alaska. So Jerry and Maria, <laughs> that was wrong for me to have done that. We and don't. He's not saying he's sorry. He's just saying no, that, was wrong. <laughs> that was objectively yeah. that was wrong. Yeah, it was wrong for me By to my rob Jesuit, a bank. I'm not sorry. I got a lot of money. But. According to the standards of my Jesuit education, yeah. that was wrong. Do yes, they ever Maria. ask for your diploma back? <laughs> You know what my nightmare is? Everybody have like a reoccurring nightmare. I wake up in the middle of the night fairly regularly thinking I've got two courses still to do to get my degree. Uh-huh. I wake up in a panic. And then I realize, wait a second, you have a master's, so you must have gotten undergraduate. They wouldn't let you work yeah. on the master's. <laughs> That's interesting. I used yeah. to have those nightmares actually when I was in school. Yep. When mm. I was in Actually, yeah, when I was in school or law school or whatever, about exams. Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. go to school. I went to Xavier instead. But anyway, you were yeah. saying, no, no, that's a joke. I love Xavier. Come on. I love Xavier. It's my yeah, school. Yeah. Yeah. I there. I feel like it's there. a very common, you know, recurring. I feel like I mine, mine is uh, getting lost, like physically lost in my school. Like Interesting. My, my elementary school growing up. And and that and I have to that, get that's to a class, yeah, you know? and that's like a little kid, like in elementary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's that would be very scary for a kid. Yeah. I'm, mine is that I'm stuck in a podcast that I can't get out. 
That's good. That was good. I like that. Just kidding. Get, get out. Where your podcast producer is a total bullshitter. Yeah. And I, I just can't get out. Now I know. Um, the, you know, um, I wanted to ask you guys something. I, I was, my wife the other day uh, married a woman who, when I met her, was a dancer, then became a dance teacher. Your wife own, married a woman. I was going to say. I met, when I, I met my wife, she was a dancer and then became a dance teacher. Did and, he say? What did, <laughs> you what did. did I say? What did I say? You're losing it, Gene. What did I say? I'm so scared. You said, my wife... I remember when my wife married a woman. Wait a second, let me do call you her. <laughs> do you still think to tell us, Chief? Which would be fine, but that would be bigger me. Well, it'd be bigger. Well, you. it would be. Uh, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> it be the crime me. would be. The crime would be mine. <laughs> anyway, she explained to me one day we were having breakfast, and I hear this thumping sound, and I look down, and she's tap dancing. We're yeah, sitting at kitchen at our table yeah. having breakfast and I hear tapping and she is a lifelong tap dancer and yeah, still what superb. I would call a master yeah. tap dance teacher and teaches at two or three studios because she's you know known she, around town as a yeah. as an incredibly good tap she's tap danced on our podcast actually yes yeah, anyway she says that when she was in school she, uh, one time, because she had a private lesson coming up after school, kind of got lost in her thoughts. She said it was health class. And she tapped out the whole routine under her desk, didn't realize it, but the whole class stopped, teacher and students, and they knew her as being a very proficient tap dancer. She was in all the school shows. And they gave her kind of a round of applause. And it was, you know, yeah. and funny. And uh, <laughs> did you... Did you know, when did you know that you wanted to be, or, or could, write songs, play music? Was it grade school, high school? Mm. When did it start for you? Oh, yeah, probably junior high, I'd say, about the same time. Like, you know, it was just this innate need to kind of express myself in a way. I guess, you know, at that time, kids are looking for ways to express themselves. And Yeah, it's well put, because yeah. that can be the motivator. It's not like to get attention for performances. It's, it's yeah. expression, creative expression. Yeah, I'm Did you sure do she's... stuff in school, in high school, and, or did it happen uh, after that? That's really funny that you asked that, because I, did, I didn't do any musical stuff in school. Interesting. I was a very, very shy kid, which is interesting, because I yeah. sing in front of audiences for a living now. Yes. But, you know, like... And all of our school musicals, I always wanted to be the, in the musicals. And all our musicals had the star of Maria. It was West Side Story, Sound oh, of Music. Yeah, right. It was yeah. like they were, but yeah. still I didn't step up and do it because I was way too shy. I think it just came later in life, you know. But that's Interesting. a pretty common story, actually, with a lot of entertainers. Yeah. That they're, well, with comedians, that they're bitter and angry. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they become comedians or people that are shy that become singers or oh. dancers, something that they can do where yeah. it's out there for them to do, like actors. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you see these actors like at the Academy Awards or whatever, and they have to give their acceptance or whatever. And you wonder, how did this person ever become an actor? Because they're so stilted. Hmm. You know, as they're maybe reading a prompter there, hmm. you would think these are actors. They ought to be able to, but they have to be themselves then. And 
they're not comfortable with that until they wow. become they become actors. Yeah, it's common. And well, you, as coming up as a kid, you you're an attorney. So you, if you aspired, and I know you've told me this in the past, your parents wished that you would become a professional and attorney is what you became. But you probably didn't think, or did you think about being in media as a kid or having a career in media? Because I know you explained that came a bit by happenstance later on. Oh, yeah. No. I, well, the one thing, now that I think about it, the one thing I did do, I loved baseball. I still love baseball. And I was never, I knew early on that I would never be good enough to go as far as I wanted to in baseball. But we had a little black and white television set. And um, for one of my young birthdays, I got a uh, tape recorder, you know, with those spools back then. Yeah, reel to reel. Re reel to reel, right. Hmm. And so I would sit in front of the television of the Yankee games on TV and turn down the sound, and I would broadcast the game. And I'd go, hello, there, everybody. This is Gerald Springer, New York Yankee baseball. <sighs> and I'd do the sound. And I did the whole nine-inning game. And I had, you still had, I bet it'd be unbelievable if you still had those. I know. Aww. They really would. Yeah, it, re it would. No joking. They would have been just because, you know, here was this 11-year-old kid with a high voice <laughs> and, and, and Gerald Springer, New York Yankee baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just did the whole, I sat there for hours. And I, I tapes and tapes Aww. and tapes. Yeah, I love that. So I guess yeah. I wanted to be that. And I have told yeah. you the story about being the PA. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you've told that on the show before. Yeah. It's ho yeah, hilarious. So I wanted that, but Episode no, I never thought of One hundred and ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Now, yeah, interesting. Hey, uh, serious topic. We just had this uh, impeachment, and uh, recently, looking back on it. It's been a few weeks since it's all happened and gone down, and it's in the history books. <clears throat> he was impeached, cleared by the Senate, except for one courageous vote by Senator Mitt Romney of Utah. Was it worth it from a Democrat's point of view that that happened? From an American's that? point of view, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, in fact, I don't think there was any other alternative if, you, if, if someone's going to be totally honest and love their country and all that stuff. Of course, it was worth it because there was no question there was abuse of power. There was no question that there was obstruction that is still continuing to this day to even start firing people that testified <clears throat> against him. I mean, there's just, there's just no question. It was never even debated in terms of what he did. He did it. And Congress, every one of those congressmen or women, had a sworn duty to fulfill their obligation to execute the laws of the land and the Constitution. And if it was violated, which it was, and nobody questions that, then they had the sworn obligation to impeach him. This is the Congress. There's just no question about it. It's not... So the only argument against impeaching would be, oh, there might be a political price to pay. Well, if you swear to do your duty and you're an American, yeah, there's a price. When young men and women are sent to fight and die for our country, they pay a price. I mean, it's embarrassing that we even come up with that 
excuse that I'm not really going to fulfill my oath of office. I'm really not going to follow the Constitution because it may be politically difficult to do. Then don't run for office. Don't don't pretend you love this country and you want to serve this country because you're not serving the country. It clearly was worth doing because if we had not done it, we would basically be, be saying to any public official in this country, you no longer have to obey the law. You no longer have to follow the Constitution. You can do whatever you want and you will not be punished. You will not be held to account. It is perfectly okay to violate your oath. And the next thing we ought to do then is to take that oath out of the swearing-in ceremony on Inauguration Day. You know, how dare, if Trump gets reelected, how dare he raise his right hand and puts his hand on the Bible for the second term and say, I solemnly swear to faithfully execute, you know, the, the laws of the land, the Constitution of the United States. I mean, is this a total farce? So, of course, we had to do that. There's no other alternative. Now, we say that, okay, Congress did its job, then what about the Senate? Let history show this. Donald Trump was the third president ever impeached and the only president ever to be impeached and not acquitted. I saw the same headline you did, but he was not acquitted. The Senate voted not to remove him. But that's not the definition of acquittal. The Constitution says that the Senate, upon an impeachment, then upon a trial, may acquit. But they never had a trial. Under any, any definition of a trial, it is not a trial if you don't permit witnesses and if you don't permit evidence, if you don't permit documents. If you don't permit any of it, it is not a trial. So the Senate voted not to remove him, but they did not acquit him. So he stands at the, as the only president who was ever impeached that was not acquitted. We must get that into our minds, and that's what we teach our children. That is not an acquittal. Otherwise, we're playing the game that the Constitution is just a sham, that if you have the votes in the Senate, you can do whatever you want. And then you say, well, it's not what the American people wanted. Wrong again. Not just do the polls show that the American people thought he should have been removed, but the only branch of government that represents the American people, which is the House, the Congress, voted to impeach him. The Senate does not represent the American people. The Senate represents states. It doesn't represent the people. Here's the deal. 
82% of the American people live in just nine states. I'll say it again. America has, what, 330 million people. 82% of them live in the nine largest states. Those nine largest states, every state gets two senators, have 18 senators, right? Out of 100 senators, only 18 represent 82% of the people. Only 18 represent the mass of Americans, more than four out of every five, which means that the remaining 18% of the people, to make 100, are represented, this small group, 18%, is represented by 82 senators. Think about it. 18% of the people have 82 senators, and 82% of the population only has 18. So the Senate never represents the American people. The Senate only represents the entity called a state, so when you say the America, when people say the American people didn't want him removed, you're wrong. The polls show they wanted him removed, and the only entity of government, which is the House, because wherever you live in America, you have a congressperson, and each congressperson represents about 600,000 people. So every congressperson has the same weight. Same influence. So everyone is represented in the Congress. Everyone. So the people's house, that's why it's called the people's house. So the representative of all the American people voted to have him impeach. And the other entity called the Senate, which doesn't represent the American people, didn't even give him a trial. They just voted not to remove him because he's of their party. Always remember that. And that's why the impeachment in terms not just of history, not just because it's a nice thing to know, but it's a thing to make clear to anyone else, whoever becomes president, you don't get a free pass. And we can make sure that this guy pays for what he did to the Constitution and to this country this November in the election. It's up to us. All right, folks, we have uh, returning to the podcast again this week, um, a musician, folk and blues musician out of West Virginia, They're Nitro back. West Virginia. <laughs> They're back. We've got uh, Tony Hera, everybody. Woo-hoo, Tony! <laughs> Tony, as I was um, reading up on you a little bit, I saw that you recently um, released an album. Uh, was it this this year? And was it July? Did it come out? It did. Uh, it was supposed to come out in eighteen, and uh, we went to the studio down in Nashville in, in uh, fall of seventeen and recorded. It should have come out in eighteen, and uh, um, life got a little behind. And I'll, I'll explain that in the song a little bit in a minute. And uh, so it didn't come out to 19, and so it was a record I wrote uh, at Blue Collar Families, Love and Loss, and uh, the, um, last week uh, I played that song, uh, Last Words of a Good Man, in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
You're wearing the same outfit. And we're wearing the same outfit. Yeah, I don't really know how much I should keep to this idea that it's week to week. Since it's just going live on all four shows, but anyways. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that just came out. And we're actually going back into the studio um, with uh, a gentleman from San Francisco uh, working in part with a, a producer and engineer from Lexington. And they're going to produce our next record. So we're going in at the, uh, as soon as we get back from the uh, a sailboat tour we're taking um, in March, we come back, we're going to go straight to the studio for March and most April. Busy. That's awesome. Yeah. Good it's good you. because we love we love the music and we can't wait to hear more. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, uh, that being said, we are going to play a new song that is going to go on our new record. This last, actually the first song we played, the first episode was a new one that's going to go on our new record. And that last song was on Unicorns. And this is another one that's going to uh, go on the new record. So, uh, I write like real stuff, and uh, I write, you know, like from life, you know. But um, and I guess most of my life revolves around what I've seen and what I've done and what I interact with the people. So it's all kind of revolved around my life in some way, which seems selfish, but uh, it's all you can do. Is it's all you can do is take your perspective. Yeah. And so uh, my wife passed away uh, suddenly at 33 years old, uh, oh. two and a half years ago, with a blood clot in her lung, oh, and. Uh, uh, so I became a single father of three boys, the youngest, oldest at eight at the time, and the youngest at 18 months at the time. And uh, that's why um, we still went down. To, we had already had the studio stuff was slotted out, so we went down that November. And oh. the record I wrote in Unicorns was oddly like a very foretelling album about like this loss. It was, it was super weird. So that's why it didn't come out too late. And I couldn't mm. go out on the road. I couldn't promote it. I couldn't do anything. I just had to stay home. So we've just now in the last year been back out touring again and finding some balance between coaching baseball and raising three kids and getting out on the road. We do about three two-week tours a year and then some regional wow. stuff. So that's about what we do. That's amazing. But this song was about um, starting to find love again uh, in kind of a post-widower you know, world. And a lot of people, uh, yeah, a lot of people go through that. So, so it's called Drowned. And I've been pacing around these floors like I ain't done in quite a while. Can't tell if it's the whiskey or the fear that's in your smile. You spent a couple years digging bones in this old town, just trying to find the answers, but them bones don't make a sound. I sing with so much doubt It shakes the walls of my old home But I know God is watching I know that God is there I can hear God talking You put the flowers in your around this heart of gold but when the waters start to rise you just sink down like a stone and I climbed up on the steeple in the search for higher ground just waiting for a boat while everybody swims around Take to jumping just to see it all 
Listening again. This is Tony Hara, um, H A R R A H, um, and he has music on all platforms: Spotify, iTunes, um, anywhere you can find music. So please go look him up. He's got some really great stuff, and uh, even more stuff coming. So um, will you do us a big favor? Oh. No. And maybe let Jerry sing on a verse of <laughs> "Down by the Riverside." <laughs> Do you want to play it and sing it or just sing it? Well, yeah, I'll just sing it. I'll just, <laughs> just this time. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Thank you guys yeah, very much for having us. Thank on, you. You're superb. Thank you, Jerry. I, I really means a lot. Superb. Thank you very much. I'm going to pick a new verse to start at this time. Yeah. Not your verse. Oh, hey, 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 easy. Easy, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> I want to meet my loving mom. 